0: Greetings in our Lord Jesus Christ, and welcome to the audio ministry of Christ Church of Livingston County. The following are three excerpts from a Covenant Renewal worship service led by Pastor Dirk DeWinkle, teaching elder at Christ Church. We trust you will be edified and ministered to by the Holy Spirit through this audio recording.
1: Our call to confession this morning is from Proverbs 25, verse 20. Like one who takes away a garment in cold weather, and like vinegar on soda, is one who sings songs to a heavy heart. It is ironic that our sermon text today is Psalm 98, a command for us to sing a new song to the Lord. And our call to confession is a warning about singing. But the principle here is fairly basic, and it is this love is appropriate compassionate and considerate this is so because love looks to the well-being of others it takes their suffering into account and pours grace on them paul puts it this way in romans 12 verse 15 rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep this means that while christianity is a life of joy and rejoicing We are commanded to sing to the Lord a new song. We are also instructed how to humble ourselves and meet people where they are at. That's what Jesus did. Like him, we must show mercy, kindness, gentleness, and self-control in our joy and hope and enthusiasm for God. Children, this means that if your brother or sister or your mom or dad is having a rough day, don't go pushing their buttons. It's good to be happy, it's good to rejoice, it's good to shout and play and have a good time, but if somebody has a migraine, keep it quiet, keep it controlled, that's love. Similarly, adults, pay attention to your friends and family, look at things, from their point of of view, from their perspective. If you know that someone is struggling with something, don't compound the problem. Couples who struggle with infertility or have a miscarriage, they have wounds that are sensitive, don't be insensitive to their pain. Similarly, if a family is struggling to make ends meet or to be content with a lot less than you have, It might be wise to keep the complaints about the blessings God has poured on you to a minimum. This doesn't mean there's no place for us to be joyful or to celebrate or to rejoice. It means that we must learn the wisdom of Ecclesiastes, that there's a right time for it. And in the meantime, we must be patient with those who have heavy hearts, because the gospel is for them, for those who are lost, oppressed, outcast, sick, lame, depressed and in prison for those who are heavy laden with sorrow and pain and guilt if Jesus died for them we must invest in them and share in their burdens strengthen them, encourage them help them and be their friends we are called to bring hope and joy to the dark world that we live in but love doesn't crush it builds up By love, we can point to Jesus and declare God's working in and through all pain and suffering. Because faith makes all pain and suffering worthwhile. Jesus makes life worth living. But the road to that worthwhile life and the path to freedom from guilt and the solution for the heavy heart is repentance and faith. If you are hurting, open your eyes. And see that you are not alone with your pain and your burden. Jesus is there with you. In the same manner, you are called to be like him. Go out and encourage your neighbor. Weep with him, rejoice with him, and draw him to Jesus. This reminds us of our need to confess our sins. So if you're willing and able, please kneel. today is Psalm 98 which is an exuberant rejoicing and praise of God and what we shall see is that this praise is founded on two things the past and the future we praise God because of what he has done and what he will do those are the justifications for praise and singing and rejoicing But we're also given powerful instructions for the present, for right now. What God commands us to do in the present is to remember what he's done in the past and look forward to what he's done in the future. We're called to sing a new song. This means we're called to see his hand in our lives, to recognize his vibrant and real relationship with us, with you and me, with us here and now. And then we're supposed to turn around, and after we see God's hand in our lives for us, we turn around and give out full-throated singing, full-throated worship. His work makes us praise Him. He has given and continues to give us of Himself. He gives Himself for us, and His work is real, and it is now, and it is eternal. So we praise God. The psalm opens with the grounds for praise. Verses 1 through 3. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for He has done marvelous things. His right hand and His holy arm have gained Him the victory. The Lord has made known His salvation. His righteousness He has revealed in the sight of the nations. He has remembered His mercy and His faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of the of our God. So here we see that we sing this new song because God has done marvelous things. Uh, the, the, the verses point to two different things in particular. He, he, he gains the victory and he reveals it to the world. He saves his people and he makes it known to the nations. He shows us what His mercy and what His faithfulness are, and then He declares it to the world. Those are the two things that He does. So why do we sing a new song to the Lord? Because He has done, in the past, marvelous things. And this is the way our God works. This is what we are called to see. He overcomes the world, His enemies, and He delivers His people. We see this in every story throughout the Old Testament. We see how it was true with Adam and Eve. They sinned. And yet God crushed their enemy, the serpent, with the prophecy about his head being crushed. And he gave them the promise of delivery with the promised seed of the woman who would crush the head of the serpent. We see it in the story of Noah. The flood destroys the enemies of God. And the ark saves his people. For Abraham, he had protection in all of his travels. He received great promises of the covenant. He he was vindicated in his worship and service of God. And his enemies were destroyed. His enemies were put out to pasture. But Abraham was saved. And God gave him a covenant and he gave him a son, a promised son, Isaac. And Joseph, he was delivered from his brothers. He was delivered from Potiphar. He was delivered from jail. And he was a savior of the Israelites. God saves his people and delivers his people from their enemies. Moses was freed from the tyranny and the persecution of Pharaoh at birth. And later on, when he was, when he was saving God's people from, the, from Egypt, and when God released and set his people free, and the Bible goes on and on and on with the judges and with David and with Solomon and the prophets and the exiles and the ones who returned. And it is all fulfilled and prefigured for the rest of time in Jesus Christ, who overcame our greatest enemy, death. And he is the first fruits of the resurrection from the dead. So that in Christ we have the praise of God for all of history, that that what God has done, He has set us free from our condemnation. And we have the anticipation for the future glory that He has for us. So God has done all of this for us, for you and for me, in the wide open. The Bible is the most widely distributed book in the world. This is, this is history we're talking about. This is what God has done in this world. And this gospel will go out so that it reaches the ends of the earth. God destroys his enemies and God saves his people, his chosen ones. The whole world has seen it. And now he calls all men to repentance. Now for us what this means, first and obviously, is that we are commanded to sing praise to God. Sing praise to God. Embrace Him. Embrace His works. Embrace what He is doing in the world. So we praise God as Creator. Where did all this come from anyway? You know, What is this earth that we stand on? What about those stars in the sky, the sun and the moon and the animals and the oceans? They all came from somewhere. God made them. The Bible clearly tells us that. We praise God because he created the world. We praise God because he not only created us, but he's redeemed us. He's given us salvation from our sin and from the condemnation of it. He's given, he's provided salvation. He's provided a covenantal relationship with us so that we could have peace with him, even though we've broken his holy and perfect law. Just as I recounted in the stories of Scripture, we look to the the history, what God has done in the saving of His people for the basis of praise. But we also must make it our own. We must bear witness to this gospel, this truth, as true for you and for me in our own lives. We must see His hand, God's hand, working in our own lives and in our own stories, in our conversion Or in our faithful upbringings by Christian parents. God was there. He was doing that work. In God's faithfulness to us as evidenced in His providence. And in the victory that He gives us over our enemies. And the victory that He shares with us as His body, as members of Christ. He has glory for us if we will submit to Him and walk according to His ways. And as we do that, we make His story our story. And as we learn to humble ourselves and become like Christ and do his works, we participate in the glory that God has for us. Now that, seeing God's hand in my life and in yours, should bring us to our feet and cause us to rise up and sing to the Lord a new song, a new song. We join with all the saints of history past, but we sing a new song. God is working in the world and he renews our praise. It's a new thing. Every generation of people, every new convert, every believer in Christ is called to become new. We're to be renewed. Paul calls it the life of the new man versus the life of the old man. It's spirit against flesh. In God, in Christ, we are being made new. It's a new thing. Because the Spirit is active. And the Spirit is alive. And He's working in the world that you and I walk through every day. When we walk out those doors, when we get in our cars and we drive to the supermarket, the Spirit is there. God is here now. He's here in this room with us. He's he's teaching, instructing, feeding, and blessing us. He's giving us His Word. God is here. It's real. It's now. It's new. It didn't happen before. It's happening now. The Spirit is active and alive and working in reality in us. And His work is vital and vibrant. It's not something that's boring. God is full of life. God is full of life. He bubbles over with life. God didn't have to create the world. It wasn't something that he was creating that he was filling a lack in and of himself. No. The the trinity, the trinity, the love that they had for each other that poured over on top of itself overflowed in creation. God's life pours out of him. It's overflowed. And then he pours himself into the creation that he made and he gives new life and new growth and new development. So we should overflow with praise. This is water that becomes a spring welling up in our souls. The life of the spirit bubbles out into praise and worship of God and the body life of the church. When we do what our texts today and our scripture readings are telling us to do, loving our neighbor. Loving, pouring yourself out for your friend, for your neighbor, for your brother in the Lord. That is a magnifying, it has a magnifying effect. It brings new life. It causes growth and development and peace and joy and fulfillment. So love one another. Love one another as Christ loved you. And he loved you personally and individually. He loved me Personally and individually, he loves the DeWinkle family. He loves the Harmon family. He loves the Shane family and the Martinez family and the Landis. And you get the point. He loves all of us, each and every one of us in our families. He puts us there. He's got a calling for us on your life. He has things for you to do. Embrace it. And this personal and vibrant faith. In the, in the fact that the, the living God is working in you and in your life is cause for a new song. A song that has the notes of Livingston County in it. A song that has the timbre of my voice and of your voice. A, ta- a song sung in American English. A song sung with the faces and the lungs of you and me. When God is working in our lives, We praise Him, we sing. When God answers our prayers as we richly are experiencing this week, see God's hand in the changes that He brings and praise His name. Now incidentally and obviously, this is good encouragement for Christian participation in the arts. What is singing? It's music. We should be writing new songs. We should be composing new hymns of worship. We should be learning to praise God in new ways. In the same vein, we seek to move forward. We seek to move onward and upward in our congregational singing. Because we have more to learn. And we will be seeking to add new music to our repertoire. That's because God enjoys us singing a new song. So let's do that. More and new is good and called for. But more and new is good and called for, but it's not good enough in and of itself. If we have a new song, it's not enough just to have it. Now we need to sing it. Sing the song. Verses 4, 5, and 6 speak on the method of praise. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth in song rejoice and sing praises sing to the Lord with the harp with the harp and the sound of song with trumpets and the sound of a horn shout joyfully before the Lord the king we must be completely engaged in the song in worship and praise shouting singing and playing instruments takes effort Put your back into it. Or perhaps more appropriately, put your mind and your diaphragm into it. Sing to God. Belt it out. Worship, praise. If God has given you life, you have a gift. If God has redeemed you, you have another gift. If you have air going in and out of your lungs, give it back to him. Embrace the life that He has for you and let it pour out of you in worship, in song. The very first commandment, the greatest commandment, is to love the Lord your God. But God gives this commandment an important qualifier. We can't be partial in that love. We can't be half-hearted. We can't be sometimes loving God. Our love for our God must be all-consuming. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This demands our diligence and single-minded attention to His service. And it demands... Our full orb response to His working in our life. So sing with all you have. The psalm closes with a universal call to join in rejoicing. To the sea, the world, the rivers, and the hills. Verses 7 and 8. Let the sea roar in all its fullness. The world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills be joyful together before the Lord. All of creation is called to joy, happiness, fulfillment. The oceans, every man, woman, and child on the earth in the world, every river, every hill is called to rejoice in God and what he is doing here. Because God is will judge because God will accomplish His will. Poetically and scripturally, the sea points to the nations of the earth in their entirety. All nations of the earth for all time. Revelation speaks of a sea of glass that sings to the Lord, the saints in heaven. The rivers are those which flow down to the sea, the peoples and tribes, and the generations of men who will praise God. The hills are the high points, the identifiable peoples, or perhaps the rulers of men. They're all commanded here to to come together and rejoice in God's work. Because He is coming to judge the earth. In this new song we are instructed to sing, we are called to anticipate, to look forward to God's coming judgment and His establishment of justice on the earth. So we are to sing of His justice and declare His righteousness. Verse 9. So the reason that the sea is told to roar and the world is told to roar and the rivers are told to clap their hands and the hills are told to be joyful is this for he is coming to judge the earth with righteousness he shall judge the world and the peoples with equity. God has done it but he will do it. So our song is a song of faith in God's future his plan and faith in his salvation. Judgment is a very scary thing for the condemned or the guilty. Judgment is is scary for those who have committed wrongdoing. But because God is the God of mercy and salvation and He's revealed Himself as the God of forgiveness, if we'll humble ourselves and believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and confess our sin and turn to Him in faith... God promises that he will set us free from the condemnation of our sin. He nails our guilt to Jesus on the cross. He nails, He takes our death, our eternal damnation, the final death, and he wipes it out. He says, Jesus paid for that on the cross. You don't have to anymore. Now go forth and rejoice. Praise God. But... Unless you come to God in Jesus, you face certain and eternal damnation. But we know there's nothing to fear if we believe in Jesus. And because we believe in Jesus, we yearn for God's judgment on the earth. We cry out for God to judge. Because judgment for the righteous is vindication. Especially because God judges perfectly. Even if the enemy lies, God sees right through it. He sees the hearts of all mankind. And when he comes to judge, he makes righteousness, equity, and peace to take firm root on the earth. So what we do is we go out crying out for God's justice. Praying and rejoicing because we know it's coming. And we go out and we proclaim the good news, the gospel, because God loved us and died for us. We declare that to the world. That gospel proclamation is an invitation to join in the glorious and eternal song of joy and praise that wells up from deep within our souls because of what God is doing vibrantly in our lives. Now, I have heard the snarky comment from those who are jaded about why would I want to go to heaven? They just float around with the heart. It sounds boring to me. God is just trying to, to, to make everybody dull. Right? You've heard it. Wrong. That is not true. God's life is real and vital. When God brings justice, he writes real wrongs. So what he does is he saves us from damnation and pain and suffering and destruction. And he makes all of the things that we still have to go through worthwhile. Things that we can endure in faith and hope, knowing there's a better thing for us waiting at the end of this, at the other side of this tunnel. No matter what that pain or suffering is. Even death. We go through knowing God's waiting for us on the other side, and He has a blessing for us if we'll submit to Him and walk through what He gives us to walk through in faith. So... We command the universe and the nations to rejoice when we declare the gospel. Because the world is in desperate need of this gospel. God is coming and will judge. Rejoice. Declare it to the world. The more the merrier. Jesus' salvation is strong enough to save me. And for, cer- for certain, it's strong enough to save you. And it's strong enough to save whoever will turn to Jesus in faith. We should be exuberant in declaring God's victory and his salvation to the world. Because his gift for you and for me is life for death. He'll take our death and give us life. His gift is hope for despair. eliminate our despair and give us hope. And his gift is love for hate. The song that we have to sing is glorious and beautiful and satisfying for our souls and it fills us with love. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. God is the Lord who made us, saved us, and won the victory over evil, and he has done this in the sight of all the nations and the whole world. Every man is commanded to bow the knee and confess that Jesus is Lord, because God has set Jesus at his right hand. Jesus is the victor, and unless we approach God through him, we have no hope. And we have no peace, but God freely gives him to us. Rejoice in your hearts as you partake of him. Declare his love and sing his praise. For he has loved, him, loved us and we are his. Christ's body, broken for us, let us pray.
0: Thank you for listening to these excerpts from the worship service of Christ Church of Livingston County. If you would like further information about anything in these messages, the Bible, about Christ Church of Livingston County, or wish to make any other related inquiry, please feel free to contact Pastor Dirk DeWinkle through our website, ChristKirkMI.com That's C-H-R-I-S-T-K-I-R-K-M-I dot com.